So, fun fact about the episode that we just watched. It was written by Buck Lemming. How about that? What? Right? Sorry, that what was a little loud. (laughs) (laughs) What? Like, so... I am I am genuinely surprised by that. I am genuinely surprised too. Yeah. I was shocked because yeah. I loved that episode. Same. Like I am so hyped up on that episode. Not that I don't normally like Buck Lemming. Like I don't have the hang-ups that a lot of people do. But mm-hmm. I think too maybe what it might be is that a lot of times like I know you said that the second episode tends to be Buck Lemming. But I feel like they more i'm more used to seeing them at like mid-season on i don't know usually the like like order it's like the first episode is the showrunner and then it's the most senior staff right and then it's like the three following senior staff and then it'll be like a junior writer right and then it'll be the three staff and then buck lemming and then Right. Like, it, there's an order. And they've of? only been, like, the second most senior for, like, a couple seasons yeah. now. So there's that. But I'm more, I think the thing is I'm more used to knowing that it's them. Yes. Because we're, like, looking for it because it's later in the season. Whereas right now we're in that space of, like, not necessarily, mm-hmm. like, paying attention to who's writing or whatever. Yeah. Um, The thing that I found fascinating about it being Buck Lemming is I would have, if I had to guess, based on the first two episodes of this season, I would have guessed the first episode was Buck Lemming and this episode yes. was Andrew Dabb based yeah. on the content and like totally. the writing skill. I was thinking while watching it that this was like the emotional heavy hitter yeah. that I like, not even that I wanted out of the first episode, yeah. but this was like the emotional punch for this season yeah the way in terms of setting the tone yeah. we got way more tone in this than the mm-hmm. first episode and in the way the season premiere of season 13 was like an yeah. emotional punch this was like yes. that emotional punch yeah we could almost act like by the way that what we watched was episode two of season 14 did we get an episode title I think it was Gods and Monsters. I like. I think I'm so. Like, How about you confirm yeah. it and then I'll, I'll just I know, keep I was, talking. I, that's why I was avoiding saying oh, okay. the title because I was like, shit, we should have looked this up. Yeah. Um, but just in case people are listening to yes, this, like Gods not. Yeah. Okay. Gods and Monsters. Perfect. Um, what was I going to say then? Right. We can almost think of episode one as being season 13, episode 24 in a way. Because it kind of, like, it very much tied up. Like, even though we didn't get that direct pickup like we did in season, thir- at the beginning of season mm-hmm. 13, we can say that it was mostly there to tie up some loose ends, I would say. I bet that if you edited together yeah, the season finale and the season premiere, you'd get a pretty damn Decent. good episode yeah. if you cut out some if you cut out those frames <laughs> and some wire work. I'm just like, even like for the recap when they're like showing some of the work, I'm just like, why? Why are you choosing that moment? You could literally choose any other moment out of that. Say, okay, we're not going to keep no, going no. there. <laughs> anyway, um, by the way, I'm Kira. I'm Sally. Yeah. Welcome and, back and to our back. podcast. Yeah, exactly. It's funnier in Enochian. Yes. Because um, it is funnier in Enochian. Most of the time it, it is. is. The funny thing is, we could theoretically learn Enochian. It's a legitimate language. Don't test I me. once literally <laughs> did an Enochian fire magic spell 
on the beach. Why is this the first time I'm hearing about this? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, don't know. I think you're just experience with magic has been so layered and so complex and it's such a rich history that it just hasn't come up yeah yeah we're gonna say that and that's how i'm gonna forgive you i'll tell you about it later (laughs) okay cool um wait (laughs) i legit lost my train of thought okay so since you were talking i'll talk (laughs) i'll go into it um okay anecdote wise something i wanted to bring up and i don't Mm -hmm. know if you got these vibes but uh i almost said jensen fuck um michael there at the beginning Mm -hmm. with that apron on i got some alistair vibes did you oh right away i was like hello i didn't get that i got um that episode from last season with the like yeah the monster dude yeah yeah, yeah 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 no i see that Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I but I also agree with the Alistair vibes. What I got was dominating daddy, Michael. <laughs> which I am very oh, into. That. that, yeah. That. The, uh, that's a good boy. Yep. Um, what else? I own you. Yes. The whole scene Oof. with him in the hotel where he's like, I know what kind of girl you are. And you're like, this is maybe a little bit uncomfortable. From like a, a feminist perspective, yeah. but but I at the same care. time we know that that's we know like, he's an asshole. It's fine. But also too, we know that that's like most likely a monster, yes. and not like a female human. Anyway. I just mean, but in yeah, terms that, of like using the monster like as like a metaphor for prostitution, I feel uh, like it gets a little. See, I thought of like I thought of prostitution, but I didn't think of the connection of the metaphor. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I don't mean I like that. I mean. It was a very skillfully written (laughs) scene. And I feel like this is a thing that people will be on Buck Lemming about because Buck Lemming has a tendency to write like very smart things that mm, are that are easily nitpicked. It's actually like they they tend to write stuff that's in like problematic, like non-consensual things. Right. They have a tendency to write stuff that's problematic towards women. But I'm like, that was well written. Exactly. It was sexy. I don't care. Yeah. Well, but it's one of those things, too, where it's just like I understand uh, representation, but it's it's like what we were talking about with one of our friends today about, yeah. you know, um, uh, like comedians, right? Mm-hmm. Them having a stage or like those of us at work behind, you know, the, the customer line or whatever, where we have like a certain dialogue with, with each other and like to outside ears or if like it's not in that environment it sounds really bad but it's Mm -hmm. just because we're choosing to be as absurd as possible and pushing that button but it's like speaking of safe spaces like it's like you're in like you draw that line Mm -hmm. of like oh it's because we're here this isn't how I would act in like an actual like say like relationship or whatever and so I feel like there is a good argument for like the screen being that like proscenium to use some of my, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> what it's going over your head? It Are you serious? Wait, what proscenium? Like the 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 front of the theater, oh, like stage. Okay. Uh, um. So there's the orchestra, and then mm-hmm. there's the proscenium, and the proscenium is basically like the fourth wall. Okay. Essentially, yeah. It's like that. It, proscenium comes from the mm-hmm. Greek, the original Greek theater stuff. <clears throat> Sorry, I still have a cold. So yeah, I'm and I'm still like, I, I hear the nasaliness in my voice. Not like there isn't already some there, usually, <laughs> but like it's really 
uh, it's there. Um, but yeah, I, sorry. Yes. Like I to digress. Um, I we didn't necessarily intend to talk about this, but I feel like there are argument can be made that if something is well executed and well written, and the takeaway from it isn't the conclusion that you're drawing because of the association or the analogy that's the more important thing like if the takeaway is to like be like this is stupid and problematic Mm -hmm. yeah well and also and it's like it's michael he's a bad dude like which is my thing also always with everything that buck lemming does is they're never like they don't do it with the heroes yeah non-consent is great it's like they're showing people doing bad Bad things things and they happen to use non-consent yeah as like a bad thing so like yes whatever Another line from that scene that I loved was, you think you picked me? I picked you. I just, I just love I, like, it's, dominating daddy well, Michael. But also too, it's like to, to break, to break it down, like mm-hmm. in terms of writing, like that's that perfect, like, um, I'm going to butcher this, but the tete-a-tete, like it's the perfect, like one beat, two beat, one beat, two beat. Like yes. it's like that, like, like perfect, like ping-ponging yes. of dialogue that like, like, that you aim for as a dialogue writer. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I tripped over <laughs> my, that word there. Um, and it is that kind of, it's that one opportunity where you get to tell and it still come across as, as showing. Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> but also too, I brought this up as we were watching, but like I have to bring it up on the podcast. I can only imagine how much fun Jensen is fucking having so with much this. fun and especially if we if we're going where we think we're going in terms of based on the end of the episode <laughs> yeah and we're hoping that it's you know it, it has to be part of the trap there's no way like it has to be Michael pretending to be Dean yes it has or to be or at least like Michael or like just like dipping maybe it, but but then but dean would still know that he was there he would so. have to right like or like maybe like i i don't know i think we're totally getting oh i just thought of it because i'm like where else have we seen this like other than like where have we explicitly seen this before and that's cassifer yeah So, like, I really doubt that they would make it. And especially since, like, it was clearly Michael's intention to get caught. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, like, Michael would want to be, like, present so that he could, like, kind of switch on. If that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's my theory. But, um, but yeah. So, like, I feel like there's... I like that they're doing it like that because we still get to see Dean. We still get Dean back. Yeah. And we get this, like, interaction and this interplay in future episodes but it's still it's almost like a Gadriel yeah Cassifer like hybrid in that sense like even when i say that i like it i'm still kind of like i ki- i kind of wish that they didn't do that but i understand why okay <laughs> if that makes sense like i, I get like it. that they did it i like that they <laughs> did it and i like that it makes like I like that it makes plot sense because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a phrase. I like that it makes sense for the plot. Like yeah. that, like it's plot significant. Yeah. Or we're hoping. I really hope that someone is like, like that someone calls them out. Like, and I hope it's Jack on being like, are we sure 
this is actually Dean because that is my only reservation about it is like, are you guys seriously not going to check? Yes. And I think that they set up Jack to be that person. Good. Because of that. Yeah. Because of everything. Yeah. What do we think about the fact that Cass couldn't come um, along to the to to getting Michael? Like I I have I have something to say. About my it. only my only thoughts were that was the most awkward line of dialogue. Which in one? The, the part where Sam was like, "Cass, you know you can't come with us," and he was like, "Yes, I know. It's because if I come with you, this will happen. This will happen, and this will happen." exposition done yes. i will exit stage left yes that those are my only thoughts do, about it okay that's fair and then also like oh he can't come because he's in love yeah well but that's the thing though right and i i i think my like what i got from it overshadowed like the expository nature of it mm-hmm. um and that's the fact that similar to the first episode Cass is very much being written like a female lead in the sense that he is Mm -hmm. being written into this box of like they have to be kept apart yeah that like it's like the The same thing star-crossed lovers yeah it's and it's the same thing as like it it, like it ties in with the whole damsel in distress Mm -hmm. thing so like I liked the through line if Mm -hmm. you will yeah can we talk for a second about the scene with Cass and Nick Yes, I want to talk about it at length, and I want to talk about Nick at length. Because that scene, I think, this is my thing about this episode and it being Buck Lemming, because that scene was, was like- not a Buck Lemming the scene. best scene yes. in the episode to me. But then 100%. a scene happened later where I was like, that's the second best scene. Like, yeah, I was so pumped about this episode. Um, and I think that you noticed some stuff, but I noticed it in a different, I noticed a different thing. Because when, so when they were talking, just such good emotional acting from both of them. Oh, yeah. Like, they both, to me, Cass was, like, the star of this episode or, like, the emotional heart of this episode. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, oh, Cass is picking up where Dean is absent. A little bit, yeah. the emotional, like, linchpin of that episode. It was almost split between... Cass and Jack in terms of like mm-hmm. Cass being the emotional linchpin and then Jack being the um st- not strategic but the rationale yeah you know especially at the like which was to I'm sorry to diverge oh, no, no, from no. what we were saying or gonna talk about but like I want to also end up talking about that at least a little bit in terms of like that kind of flip so mm-hmm. anyway we'll get um, to that though but they were talking about um you know Nick was all I don't understand why I would do this, blah, blah, blah. And it was that thing of and like, wait a minute. You, but you had I did, completely I, diff because your reaction. I caught. You, you caught the thing that I was kind of like, whatever, where you well, were like, oh, he doesn't remember. Yeah. What I was thinking about was Nick says, I don't understand what kind of pain would cause me to say yes to Lucifer. Mm-hmm. And Cass says... It was your family. And Cass also said yes to Lucifer because it was his uh, family. 
That's a great tie-in. And I was like, damn, that is some fucking good writing. That is. Because it works on so many levels where it's like Cass is talking to Nick about what happened to him and about his family, but he's also talking about himself. Yes. And to me... And there was a lot of instances of that with Cass, hence the whole linchpinning Mm -hmm. thing. Because it was like he was like the center. That whole scene Uh where it's like him and Nick, but then it's also him and Jack, like right afterwards. And he's literally being there at like the emotional heart of the episode where it's like one person is suffering and Cass has had the exact same experience. Cass said yes to Lucifer. Blah, 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 blah. And then there's Jack having an awful time. Cass lost his... Pe- like, they, he's the one who has yeah. experienced all of this crap. And we talk a lot about Cass being shoved down and Cass going through all this shit. And this is him, like... Getting the spotlight, if you Getting will. the spotlight and being able to help the people around him. Yeah, and, like, not in the same way, mm-hmm. but we see in this episode... Sam kind of receding to the background yeah. because he was sort of like, not, again, not in the same way, not quite mm-hmm. as, um, what's the word? Not quite as, um, uh, uh, um, not complicated, but, um, oh no, why can't I remember the word? Like not as like nuanced. There yeah. we go. Not quite as nuanced as like Cass was this episode, but definitely Sam was kind of like the emotional, like buoy or whatever of the first episode like he was the emotional focus yes i should say and this episode he definitely receded more into the background and kind of operated as Cass in a way in terms of just Mm -hmm. like he served like a like a function like just a he was a placeholder in a way almost well i had the thought that like i have zero problem with um with Bobby, Mary, and Sam as, like, a crime-fighting team. Yeah. But I also didn't love it, and it felt kind of like CSI getting spliced into the show. A little bit. It felt a little, like, it felt CSI-ish. Yeah, it felt a little formulaic. Yeah. And, like, also, too, I totally, sorry, we're, like, deviating a little bit from what we're talking about. I know, how dare us. Like, always. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just because I do have more to say about that scene. So do I. I know. Because it is, it is such a, uh, such a dense scene. But just to quickly comment Mm -hmm. on that whole interplay, I had that moment when they were in the, like, church or whatever, the crypt, whatever it was, uh, fighting all those werewolves, I totally had that moment where I was just like, oh, right, that's Bobby. Like, yeah. I so totally do not feel attached to this Bobby. And I think it might just be quite simply because it is alternate universe Bobby and because our Bobby, like, died so tragically mm-hmm. that, like, I've, like, let that go. And I'm just like, it's not really him. So I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna bother emotionally investing in this character because it's, like, whatever well the key thing about bobby was how much sam and dean loved him yeah and how much he loved sam and dean does this bobby love sam and dean no No, he doesn't know them exactly and also too he was like never in the field with them yeah he was always the like you know uh, um he was the Diane <laughs> of, you know, in a way, except he yeah. talked a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but he was like he was more in the not in the background, but like he he was home. That's what it was. Oh, I just I made myself sad. I know. He was, like, he was I love home. Bobby. But, but it's like this. But he isn't Bobby. Isn't Bobby. It isn't. It just isn't. OK, so let's get back to the, the Nick and 
and Cass um, scene of it all. Mm-hmm. One thing that I wanted to bring up and get your opinion on is I noticed rather quickly how differently Nick treated Cass in terms of how Cass treated him hmm. versus like Sam and Mary. Because in last episode, we had Nick being very, like, gentle and being very, like, I understand it's really hard looking at at me like this. And, but with Cass, he kind of didn't let him have that space. He was just, like, you, even because, like, even though you know, you still can't look at me. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, there's something, like, else going on here under the surface. I don't know if it's just because we're getting to see more of Nick. Or, like, Nick's processing stuff more. He's having to, like, go through things more. Um, So, I I don't know. Maybe I could just not be – I hate to say be reading too much into it because that's impossible. But, especially for us. um, But I don't don't know. I just feel like Cass wasn't allowed to act the way that Sam and Mary did with him. Yeah. Like, he was treated differently in that yes. sense. Yes, And I'm just kind of curious, why? Is it just because he's an angel? Like, was there is there something in Lucifer's memory banks that, like, involve Cass that Nick is somewhat aware of and not saying it or something? I mean, I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> just in general. Just in general. I have a lot of feelings yeah. about Nick. And, and I mean... Only time will tell what's going to happen with We could say that about everything we're talking about, technically. But I still, I still feel my, the same instinct that I felt last week where I'm like, he needs to go. Right. Um, except. For different reasons now. For different reasons now. Well, but for some, but it's like. Similar. My feeling was like something bad will come of this. Yes. Um, and obviously for the show, it's better that they don't kill him because I am loving every minute yes. that he is on screen. Exactly. Um, it's 100% worth the price of admission. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I think, I, I think, again, we'll know when we find out what's actually going on with him, this stuff will make more sense. Well, but yeah. to me... The reason he's treating Cass differently is like projection. Like I mean, I think because Cass, Cass is an angel is treating him differently. Well, yeah, no, than of course. Sam and yeah. Mary are, and I think because he of, can't even look at him at all. Yeah. And I think that, like, weirdly enough, ultimately, Cass feels more hurt by Lucifer than Sam does. I realize that's like... You got really high-pitched there. I know. Like, I realize it's because I was like, I'm making a wild statement. But But, it's not. But because I feel like Sam takes a lot of his stuff really internally. Yes. So even though he was, like, traumatized and violated more, I think that Cass, like, it's like, you hurt my friends. You hurt my family. You hurt my family. And I think that Sam, it's kind of just like, you hurt me. Yes. And also, too, like, technically, Lucifer is part of Cass's family. So, yeah. <laughs> like, at least his other family. Yeah. Right? So, like, 
I don't know. Like I like so I like there is nuance there. There is to me it there is a reason apart from we're just seeing the evolution of Nick's character mm-hmm. or like that that rebirth yeah. of his character. Um I do want to talk about what might be going on with Nick. Yeah, yeah. Because I have my theories. I okay. don't know if do, do you have any? Yeah. Okay. And they're probably similar. Yeah. Uh, just different perspectives. But before we get into that, mm-hmm. um, something I wanted to bring up is what we are uh, uh, trying uh, this time around uh, with our episode commentaries is to bring in more of like a thematic discussion and something that we can apply to the rest of the season or to seasons and episodes past. And something that I uh, gleaned from this episode was this whole sense of letting go of the past mm-hmm. or letting go of past trauma. And you yeah. were saying that you saw yeah, some of 100%. that too. And I found it really interesting. And I think this connects to like, for, at least for me, to why I found it so weird that it's a Buck Lemming episode is that it was consistent to, across all characters. Like I saw it in everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the biggest part that we saw this is like, okay, you know, Nick having to deal with his the loss of his family all over mm-hmm. again. Uh, Cass bringing up Jimmy Novak, mm-hmm. right? Re- this sense of regret. Yep. Um, what else was there? Um, this whole idea of, uh, oh, uh, Jack visiting the Kleins. This whole revisiting of the past yeah. or revisiting of like a past situation or people or whatever. And... We see that come out explicitly in that perfect moment that I will go on YouTube and rewatch as many times as possible. And that's that snap. Oh, like that's literally the past coming back to haunt you in a very like real way. And I don't know, like I, I feel like there's more that I could say about that moment, but words are failing me. I mean, I think it depends to jump into yeah, the yeah, topic yeah. that we were, that you were like, kind of. we to, bef- that we were dancing around. Yes. But it depends on what is actually going on with Nick. Right. To me, my theory, which is not even really like a theory, mm-hmm. but I just think that being possessed by Lucifer for 10 years yeah. has just destroyed him. Well, yeah. Um, And I think. I agree. Like, I th- and I don't mean that like figuratively i mean that like i'd be really curious to see if he had a soul oh um so we might be dealing with a soulless nick we might be dealing with a soulless nick which i know we're very much like used to just having like supernatural like forget plot points and like (laughs) all this kind of shit but that would make a lot of sense when it comes to the fact that this vessel technically wasn't supposed to exist anymore. So that's an interesting Mm -hmm. take on it. I never, I'm like literally writing that down because I feel like maybe that might come up again. Um, But the theory, since we're going there anyways, the theory that I had is like, yes, along the lines of what you were saying, but I'm more referring to his past and something that's coming back around with this that i thought back in season was it four or five 
five. Five. Yeah. <laughs> Back in season five mm-hmm. when Nick was first possessed. That whole episode, that whole time, why was there so much mystery around how his family died? Yeah. I remember watching that episode the first time, second time, mm-hmm. third time, how many times. And I remember having this thought of like, wait a minute, did he kill his family? And he uses a hand. He, why? Okay. I hate, I hate to do this because I'm doing the exact thing that I hate, which is assuming the way that someone reacts to something implies guilt. Mm-hmm. But like using a hammer yeah. when you said that your family was killed by a hammer, mm-hmm. just that just strikes me as odd. Yeah. I definitely ha- had that thought. Not yeah. Not in the initial episode, but in this episode, it's like clearly something weird is going on. Yes. Um But like I like I found it so strange that yeah. they're like they are going to like insinuate like yeah. that. I feel like the hammer could just be like like a symbolic like my family died with this so I'm going to use this to bash your brains in. Like yes. like I feel like it could be but it, it but it could be both. Yeah. Exactly, which is why I liked that yeah. this epi- this episode ended, I feel like, so well. It was so perfect. Both, like, a there was technically a plot, B plot, I guess. If there, technically. It's always a plot. I know. <laughs> it's just not as explicit as it usually is mm-hmm. with them. That's why. Um, but the way that both lines ended mm-hmm. was just, it was so perfect, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I loved it. Like, I... It was that thing where I did actually say out loud, you can be a testament to this. Like, mm-hmm. I thought there was more episode. Yeah. Which is like the definition of leaves you wanting more. Yes. I know. There's nothing worse when you're watching an episode and you're just like, this is the natural end. And uh, oh, no, never okay, mind. more. Yeah. Like, not saying that it would have had that, mm-hmm. but it's like, yeah, yeah. it's that thin line, mm-hmm. basically. Um, um, one line, jinx. one line from the initial scene with. Nick and Cass that I think could be very significant for Nick for the future is Lucifer found me and made me a monster too. Yes. And I feel like that might be indicative of things to come for Nick. I think so too. But but it could also still be that thing that I'm suggesting where it's just like, no, yes. you were actually always you were a, monster. a monster the whole time. Oh, I literally just got an epiphany. What? Okay, sorry. This is going to take... A couple seconds to just bring in full circle. Okay, okay do it. So stay with me. Everyone stay with me. I promise there's a payoff. I I'm hope there's board. a payoff. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my, the payoff's in my head. So we have Michael talking about how terrible humans are and how all they want is destroy their disease. You know, he's very much doing an Agent Smith sort of thing. That's, That's what you're thinking, yes. Um, and you have Jack, or you have Cass saying to Jack... There are worse ways to be human than to be kind. So, what if Michael didn't make Nick into a monster? He was always a monster. Like, to me, that would reflect some of the things that we're seeing come up in terms of humans being Mm -hmm. the problem, quote-unquote. Huh. I feel like that's probably asking a lot of the writers, I would say. So, and and one promise that we made to ourselves, mm-hmm. right, was to not 
expect a lot. <laughs> so I'm not cool. necessarily... Cool. My, my expectations for the first episode were like right. below the bar. And my expectations that. have skyrocketed based on this episode. But that's what so I'm saying. Yes, Exactly. But that's bit. what I'm saying. I'm saying that for that reason. Yes. Thank you. And everything for, for both of us. Because I think it's that thing too where that I want to make it clear for our listeners, yourself and me, that this is me saying all that isn't there for an expectation that it's going to go that way. It's more so just highlighting that that is an option. Mm -hmm. And it's a very poetic way to tie a lot of different things together if they're choosing to go that direction. It's poetic. It's interesting. I feel like it changes a lot philosophically about the show because the initial Nick Lucifer possession was like, I mean, the episode title summed it up. Sympathy for the devil. Exactly. It's like this dude, like this is how people end up hurting people is when they've gone through pain for no reason. Yeah. And they are devastated. Yes. And that is when they are weak and that is when evil can take root. So I feel like if they go in the direction that we're talking about, it's going to be saying something very, very different about like predestination. But it'll technically be something that would be canon terms of Christian lore. Yes. Which would be original sin. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I don't think it would necessarily like fully change. I I, I understand what you're saying mm-hmm. in terms of it would it, it would alter the philosophy yeah. of the show, <clears throat> but it wouldn't 100% change it because I feel like we would still see the resistance because there's been so many things like don't ask me to name them right now because <laughs> I can't, but I know they're there. There's so many things where we have seen that shift of like, wait, wait a minute, where this was supposed to be the, the thing. We're supposed to play our roles. Oh, no, never mind. That's, you know, free will kind of thing and like you know god's gonna write himself in Mm -hmm. kind of thing like there's more to the game than what we think yes right um so it could even just be playing on that Uh, i do think it's more what what i'm saying is probably too complex if that makes sense like it's Mm -hmm. like like it's not but it is like there's a simpler way to tie all those things together like the same thing the same thing would be accomplished by just making him into a monster. Yeah. In the sense of like it would still prove that like humans are ultimately corruptible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's just not as poetic. Before you say anything else. Okay. Um, <laughs> is, uh, I just wanted to bring it back to something that to that scene or like mm-hmm. one of the interactions between Nick and Cass, which was um, when he's about to leave to go and start investigating his, uh, his family's mm-hmm. death. Um, and he says, I'm going to go find out who killed my family. And then Nick said, or not Nick, sorry, Cass says, then what? And I find that so perfect for a variety of re- reasons. Sorry, I'm slurring now. <laughs> it's the coffee. I promise. Um, I find that interesting for a variety of reasons because it just, it goes so well into the concept of if you're not okay now in what you're in, in the uncertainty, in the bullshit, how are you going to be okay when that uncertainty is not there? Yeah. 
Like the uncertainty isn't the problem. The mystery isn't the problem. The problem is that you can't be okay just being you. And that like, to me, that perfectly encapsulates Nick's experience right now. It encapsulates encapsulates Cass's experience. It encapsulates Jack's experience. Sam. Yeah, exactly. You know? No, that that line was perfect. And I mean, I wrote down like eight lines from this episode. That is the a shocker for a Buck Lemming episode. Much so. <laughs> like the dialogue worked really well. Really well. Yeah. And we do think that part of that could be because Rich was directing. Yes. And I did see some like really like interesting shots being used. Like when um, we first see Jack in the bunker there. Like the shot is framed really nice. Like it's really yeah. symmetrical. And then we get the transition to the morgue where it's like the um, – cadavers being pulled yeah. out and you, like that's how the frame comes in i'm like i should have known it was him because like anytime actors get to direct they play yeah they like they they're like i'm gonna use all the little the little things yeah and anyway. i feel like um rich and buck lemming have been they've they, it's a combination they've, they've been they've paired used, up a lot not a lot but i think at least once and i think right. it's a really good combination because it pairs like someone who historically has been really inventive, creative, playful, whimsical, really like committed and entrenched to like the core philosophy of the show with skilled writers who also sometimes fuck up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like yeah. it's just a good, a good yeah. pairing. It's a good balance. Yeah. 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 I just thought of something. Sorry, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm talking a lot, but I feel like I'm talking a lot okay, too. Good. So I think that okay, I think we're it's good. good. We're good. Okay, okay. I just like hate it, like because sometimes I feel like I get on a ramble and I'm like, oh, I'm not letting Sally talk. Same we're just disease. too nice to each other. I That's know. the problem. We just um, like each other too yeah. much. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Um, damn it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all your fault. Um. Oh, right. I find it really ironic because, like, the second we're talking about Rich and you saying, like, someone that has, like, such a strong, like, sense of the mythology and stuff, I just go right back to his story about, you know, first being called to, like, be on the show and play a janitor. And it's like, oh, no, wait, you're actually this, like, magical being and being on a conference call and how the director at the time was just being like, oh, yeah, just make it, like, supernatural. And, like, Rich is (laughs) sitting there like, huh? Like, what does that mean? And that he was so nervous that, like, what he was doing in the episode wasn't like supernatural-esque and so it's really ironic that you see like x number of years later and it's just like he's directing and he's like leading that narrative Mm -hmm. and that sense of what like that means to be you know to label something um as generically supernatural um i like that i like I i find that cool yeah it just shows that like anything that you approach in life you can like very easily become an expert at yes in a sense right Mm -hmm. like you can you know there's always going to be a learning curve and like training wheels but you will get to a point to where it's like it's second hand you know and 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 i think especially if you commit emotionally yeah which is what yeah rich has done exactly yeah what they what they've all done yes just like from conventions to the show itself to just all of it speaking of which um, I'm sure anyone listening to this would have seen it on Twitter, 
Um, but I think I had showed it to you. Um, Brianna and like Kim are posting stuff about like, you know, join us. And it's like they're having pictures where it's like wayward and like something's happening. I'm trying to not get my hopes up, but we're monitoring. Never that. get your hopes up. No, but I can't. I can't help it though. Because like, like even if it isn't the show, yeah. I just like I want to know what's happening. Yeah. Same. Same. Watch. I'll like we'll stop recording and I'll like open up Twitter because like of course we're on a social media ban right now. It's rough. Like before we we watch the <laughs> watch the episode, um, and it'll like something will be announced already, and this will be a like de facto anecdote. But whatever. Anyways. Oh, well. We're, we're slightly behind the times, but it's fine. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Another scene that I wanted to talk about, which for me was the other big scene. Oh, yes. I wanted to know what the, the scene episode. was. The scene at the end with Nick and Marty. Nick and, and the dude that he kills. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 So it, it, the, the whole scene with the two of them was one of the most effectively, like, tense. I like, agree. I was, I'm not going to say scared, because it wasn't like, but I was, but it was like a, it was like a scared it feeling. Was tension it was tension building. Like, I was, like, on edge yes. for that entire scene. Yeah. It was just so effective at, like, eh? like, I don't really have words to describe yeah, it. Yeah, I, I might. Okay. Um, in the sense of like mechanically, yes. I think what made it effective mm-hmm. was that we're still doing exactly what Sam, um, Mary, and Cass are doing, which is we're trying to negotiate this character as not being Lucifer, mm-hmm. but there, yeah. that's when that's that's the full, um, the full expression of that snap moment. Yeah. So, the other thought that I had while watching that scene was mostly about Mark Pellegrino because what I got from this episode <sighs> was... That was a good ugh, by the way. <laughs> because I don't I don't think I actually got that scene as the full expression of the snap. Well, not the full, but like... Or, the, or like... But, a or continuation. I, I, didn't, I didn't... I don't know that I... I that that hit me emotionally as an extension of the snap. What I got from no, not this emotionally. whole episode was Mark Pellegrino has acted so effectively to show someone who's kind of a monster, but completely different from Lucifer. Yes. And that is the thing that I found yes. amazing was like, wow, this dude is a psychopath. And still completely different from Lucifer. And I'm so happy yeah. that like there is that, that line. there's that distinction and that it's like there's like I just think it's like I didn't see Lucifer at all in this episode other than the snap. Yes. And I would say I think the reason why I was saying like that the scene with uh, between Nick and Marty was a, like the a part even just like a partial expression mm-hmm. of that snap i more meant it in the sense of it had me looking for lucifer okay like it had me like being like wait a minute is that like is that like is that sense is that like not psychopathic sense but is that kind of like aggression or mm-hmm. or violence or um 
intimidation is what I'm seeing is that is that like how much did Lucifer take from Nick and how much did Nick take from Lucifer like in the sense of you know occupying someone's vessel Mm -hmm. because we see someone like Cass or an angel like Cass versus Jimmy and it's day and night yeah it's very distinct Mm -hmm. uh, even just voice wise right like there's a like a very obvious like character choice that was made whereas with Nick, you do kind of see that yeah. in some instances where Nick has a tendency to be, for lack of a better word, a bit more whiny mm-hmm. um, in terms of his, like, intonation and just his choice of, like, what he talks about and a little bit more emotional than, say, Lucifer. But that exchange with Marty was very – it was a lot flatter, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't necessarily Lucifer yeah. either. Well, but, yeah, it, ha- it had me looking for like, – yeah. like, I was it, – it had that, like – edge of your seat drawn in aspect that you're talking about for sure and i think at the end of that scene like going into this i think there was still a part of me that was like i know it's not gonna happen but they could screw it up and it could be that lucifer is still hiding out in there yes you know or that it's lucifer pretending or whatever you know there was a part of me that was like probably not but it could but at the end of this I was like, no, this is just Nick. We didn't see three sets of wings when Lucifer died. So technically. I hate you. Technically. I I know. I just realized that and I make myself angry. Although, although they didn't, they didn't confirm that with Gabriel, right? Because Gabriel just like he, it was a trickster illusion. Yeah. They didn't confirm whether or not the three wing thing is a legitimate thing and it was an archangel blade and so like they're like but leave it to them to find a loophole right Mm -hmm. um and so we can only hope for the best Mm -hmm. we can only hope that you know they're not gonna make the whole like dean michael sacrifice thing not worth it Mm -hmm. and they're not gonna you know ruin this perfect opportunity to have uh nick be an example of everything that michael's trying to eradicate or the reason why he's you know doing what he's doing yeah right um i am like reassured though after this episode Uh, why i just just honestly because of how like because of how different i felt that nick was okay um like so do you mean like you feel differently about the season just in terms of nick's character and like more reassured that they're not gonna try and bring back lucifer yeah okay um, and just to sort of take a little hop step back, you talking about Cass and Jimmy Novak, yes. I think like that's exactly what I was talking about in terms of like, um, like I love both of those performance. I love all of Cass's perform or of Misha's, Misha's performances, technically. um, but most of the time on this show, when you have a character playing another character they do have some sort of vocal cue yes. or like personality. Like they have a fairly significant thing that they change. And I think that was the thing that I was so impressed with about Mark Pellegrino is like, there isn't, a it lot was of that. so subtle. It was so yeah. like, I'm just waxing poetic about him, yes. but like it, it's like, I'd be hard pressed to put a finger on what it is that he actually did that like 
made that made Nick so different from Lucifer, except for the fact that I was just like, wow, your energy is different. Well, yeah, and I think that's what it's about, is mm-hmm. it is about energy. Like, when you don't have a vocal tick to go on, when you don't have, like, like physicality isn't too much different. Like, there's a little bit of physicality that's different in terms of, like, um, Lucifer's, if I'm just trying to, like, remember back and, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but, or, like, if you disagree, but I would say that Lucifer's physicality was a lot more aloof. He'd be more likely to just, like, kind of lean back and be like, okay, what's happening? What's Mm -hmm. going on here? And he was far more sarcastic. He was far more Mm quick-witted. So it was more about, like, not vocal tics, but, Mm -hmm. like, conversational tics or, like, that, which is, like, that's character. Mm But we saw that somewhere else in last episode in this episode. Dean? Yeah. I mean, Michael. Michael, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I, I was, you know, speaking of like searching for things, I was I was trying to find Dean again. And, and it's just, but yet there isn't too much of a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you know, maybe Dean's a little bit whinier. <laughs> or like, you know, l- less stoic in a way. Yeah. Right? Um less pompous yeah yeah so man, like, but, god but it just some, like jeez, man god talk about like you know el- elder siblings jeez <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah i think like we're seeing two really good examples of them of of it being pure characterization and and not having a lot of those like you know, hangups and it and it maybe being a bit more about physicality and as you're saying, energy than about you know accents or you know deepening or heightening of voices and all that kind of stuff. I think maybe we have some time to kind of talk a little bit more about this whole aspect of you know letting go of the past because I know I say like we see it in every character, but could we say that? we even see it in Michael to a certain extent. Yeah. Well, I think he is. I mean, it's funny that you say letting go of the past because I think that what He's we're seeing is, is people not letting go of the past. Well, but that's the thing, or like, like more the concept yeah. of whether or not yes. to let go of the past. But clearly Michael is like, he let go of the past in that he let go of the world that he mm-hmm. torched. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh, that failed. Okay, yeah. moving on. But he's also totally enmeshed Shaped. in that yeah, past because exactly. he's like, I'm going to do it again and not make the mistakes that I did yes. last time. Yeah. So it's like it, it does bring up that thing of like, you know, okay, you're going to do this thing, but then what? One. And then mm-hmm. two, whether or not there's a real difference between um, letting go of one's past or one's past trauma or, or, you know, letting go of regrets or not letting regrets bring you down and, like, how different that is from holding onto the past for the purpose of not repeating past mistakes. Yeah. Because really, we could say, like, if we want to take this series wide, like, who better than to talk about learning from past mistakes than the winchesters you know because it's like it's that thing of like it's something that they constantly bring up to each other but does it always happen not necessarily like oh that's something we didn't talk about jack's viewpoint 
Oh, yeah. That's something we can talk about. And I think it ties into this. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a surprise to me. Yeah. By the way. And it was such a like, it was totally like a snap moment. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't like, it, I don't really know where he, I mean, I, I, I buy it. Yes. Like it was like, it seems genuine but i also kind of like don't really know where that's coming from do you have any thoughts on like where that was coming from it might might have to think about it a bit more but in the interim mm-hmm. or as i think about it i would say there is probably a certain connection between his thoughts about that and him visiting his grandparents True. in the sense of him happening to sort of lead this kind of fight without having any fight in a way but also like only having so many avenues to go and and also like no matter what i will always defer to him explicitly saying to Cass, you know that dean would want this like it like yeah. He would he would be saying the exact same thing. But Cass is a Winchester now. And do Winchesters ever think about that? No. No. So then that begs the question is like, why isn't Jack thinking of himself as a Winchester? Well, he just visited the yeah. Kleins. Yeah. So he's like, his mentality isn't there. And, you know, Cass is being put in, into the Sam slash Dean position of, you know, protector and being like no this is like this is the only option and jack's performing a function in a way um and i think that's also why it feels a little off Mm -hmm. in some ways um in terms of uh, performing the function of being that person that says wait a minute you know we can't like this isn't the only option and it shouldn't be. Yeah. I think also this just occurred to me that I kind of forgot about um, Jack going to the apocalypse world. Right. Um, and I think yes. the thing about Jack that like we kind of forget sometimes. Speaking of the past. <laughs> is that he's like a little over a year old. Yeah. So all of his experiences are like so so intense and so formative yes because what he went through in the apocalypse world like on the winchester scale that's like nothing yeah like it's like yeah you you it's 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 dean in the end it's yeah i mean it's significant but but it's not it's not you know but it's like this is his first experience with destruction on that scale this is his first experience with like a big bad yeah because he was kind of the big bad for like the first yeah or perceived show yeah um so i think that the experience of like fighting with people having those people die because of this dude michael now he's like michael has to die yeah like it was like his fault you know like so I think he's feeling a lot of like really intense guilt and trauma from that that probably affected his yes. feelings about that. Yeah. And um, I think we're going to wrap it up for now. I feel like yeah. I, I covered everything that I wanted to talk about. What about you? Was there anything like last minute 
things that you wanted to touch upon? I just upon? wanted to say that this episode made me like fall in love with Cass all over again. Yeah. And that he I is agree. the motivational speaker slash father that we all deserve. <laughs> <sighs> then what? I love that moment. That was like such a great moment for me. He's like uh, everyone's psychotherapist. Yes. But exactly. also, um, I feel like <laughs> this episode was really like emotionally relevant to me at least i don't know well, about you yes yes that, like yeah like i don't yes. know if it's because both of us are just projecting like I our emotional so. states on the show or like legit in the middle of the show i'm just like i almost felt like turning to you and saying like so yeah a lot of my analysis and interpretation is going to be based on like shit that i'm dealing with well i mean even like last episode uh, when i was talking about sam like getting better from the trauma and uh, i was just like Mm. why am i projecting so much well yeah I, and i i definitely projected last episode but anyways we're not gonna get into that um so yeah well, that's been fun yeah <laughs> um we'll see you next week yes for our next episode yes. you can find us online all over the place yes um on instagram tumblr twitter <laughs> Um, at Ify Podcast. That's I-F-I-E Podcast. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud. iTunes. iTunes. Google Play. Play. Podcast Addict. Basically anything that can play an RSS feed. You can have at it. We also have a website. Uh, and it's wordpress.ifypodcast.com because we're cheap and don't want to pay for a domain name. <laughs> Oh, yeah. basically um and yeah we're, i'm actually going to be updating the website and maybe in the future have it available and prepared for blog posting Ooh. who knows maybe maybe that's something we could do or work on um just because i feel like sometimes you know we jump onto some really good stuff but there's something about the nature of a podcast where you can't really like unpack things as much as you could in a blog post. Well, you can't go back and see what you've said before yeah. while you're talking. You can't? No. 